And welcome back to another episode of the North and Gold podcast. I am Alaska Utah. Yes. My name is Benji. I live in North Pole, Alaska. And with me is my co-host. And I am, yep, I am Jake, also known as the Mighty Alaskan Ute, and I live not in North Pole, Alaska, but I did live in Juneau, Alaska for many a year, so hence the Alaskan nickname. We, we do have an Alaskan connection. And we had a great Alaskan episode last week that none of you will ever hear. It is just it was incredible. It was the best work we've ever done. Best work anyone's ever done. Yeah, well, I mean, that goes without saying. We, we need to say the best work we've done. I think we can assume at that point <laughs> it's the best work anyone's done. People people would have laughed. They would have cried. They would have felt enriched. We had, what are some of the highlights? But it disappeared. We, we had some of the, we compared, uh, me, both Michael Jordan and I got cut from our freshman basketball teams, and uh, yep. between the two of us, we have six NBA championships and one NBA, or one successful uh, podcast. Yeah, for sure. Also, we talked about because you're an early morning seminary teacher yeah. up there in Alaska, where you you get up at the crack of dawn, teach some people the gospel. And you told a funny story about a kid that would what sneak out? Yeah, well, he'd sneak in. He was he was a he wouldn't come into the classroom. He'd sneak in on the opposite side of the church and just hang out in the dark foyer with with a couple of friends. And so <laughs> there was a morning when uh, I I just I had a you know this little hunch like got to go now, got to go check the foyer now. And I come into the foyer right in that exact moment when he's in the window breaking into the church. And I just I'm like Tyler, what are you doing? And I I I really yelled at him just to just to lay it on like just to scare him. And oh, uh, it was awesome. It was it was a That's highlight. Good. I have to go back. Which led I to my story. I said. Uh, I said between Michael Jordan and I, we have one successful podcast. But that that might be unintentionally taken as a slight to my brother. I have two successful podcasts. I, I run yeah. another podcast with my brother. So you do. You are, just, you're a man of many talents. Our uh, our stat keeper is whispering in my ear, saying, "You have two. You have two. So yeah. <laughs> Dude, thank you. Thank goodness for our staff that keeps us in line. Yes. Actually, your story about the kids sneaking in reminded me of when I was doing early morning seminary in Alaska growing up. We had to wake up at 4.30 in the winter when it was 12 degrees below zero outside, drive a half hour to the church for a seminary that started at 5. So what I would do is I would get to church walk into the church, walk past the seminary room, walk into the baptismal font, lay my backpack down and take a nap. Yeah. And uh did that for two or three days a week. It was amazing. I mean it was amazing, yeah. It's a, it's a com- comfortable place, I'm sure. It, it was not, but it was it was uh better than the alternative I thought at the time. Yeah. Know, being a 17-year-old kid. Yeah. You know, hats off I I realize that as hard as it is for me to to get up and teach these kids some days, it's hard to to get up and listen. I've got a lot of really good kids and uh you know, hats off to them for their sacrifice and and just showing up sometimes. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's uh it it was tough. We had about oh 14 maybe people in our class and I don't know. I enjoyed it when I was there, you know, yeah. when I wasn't in the font sleeping. Yeah. Well, let's talk about. So, what else did we we, we talked a little bit about the uh, our football teams last week, and, and some of yep. this is really good that it was lost because some like my prediction for how BYU was going to do. Uh, I'm just going to go back and say I I predicted BYU would lose seven to six, and it would be a very lackluster offensive performance, <laughs> and and we would all you did. I, I remember thinking, come on, you got to have a little more faith in your team than that seven to six against Northern Illinois. You can beat them. You're like, no, I am confident we only get a couple field goals, and they get they get one touchdown drive, and they beat us. And yeah. you know what? You nailed it. So did, congratulations. That's yeah. you'll just have to take my word for it. All right, it man. Let's talk let's let's be honest. Let's throw it out on the line, okay? Early on in this podcast, several episodes ago, you said 
and it may have been after uh, the not all not after the Wisconsin game, but before then, when things still looked promising for you, mm. you said you could throw out last year with Sataki because you've seen enough yes. to realize that last year was a fluke. Now that you're four and four, things don't appear to be trending the best. What are your thoughts, man? Are you losing hope in your coaching staff? What what's going on in that in that BYU brain of yours? To to a certain degree, I am. Um, now I'll throw the both the positive and the negative out there. The positive is. When you look at this season, we've been playing teams that are have a winning record and likely will finish with a winning record, and that was always the criticism before. We'd say, oh, yeah, look at how great the numbers are, but take a closer look at these numbers. BYU's beating teams with losing records and nobody else. We're playing teams with winning records now. You know, These are good teams we're playing, and so you, you kind of have to take that in, into consideration when comparing one year to another year. Now, the other thing you could say is we're playing a lot of freshmen and a lot of true freshmen, which the positive of that is, hey, keep doing that. By the time they're seniors, we're going to be dominant. You know, We're going to be a force to be reckoned with. The other side of that is what's wrong with the seniors? What's wrong with the upperclassmen if they can't even get the playing time? So you could take take both points of view on this and say, interpret the same fact two different ways. Um, I'm going to say this. I keep coming back to what we would like BYU to be. The thing that kills me is when you look at the BCS busters of our last era, when you look at Chris Peterson and what he did at Boise State, he did it immediately. When you look at Gary Patterson, it didn't take him very many years to get there. Uh, Whittingham, yeah, he, he, had, he was doing, back in the Mountain West, he was doing big things right away. It didn't take him very long to build to that. And so when you say our expectations are at a certain level, I don't know if I'm as willing to say, yeah, we'll take another 10 years and then we'll be there. A good coach can get there soon. You know, and that's that's just what we've seen with other programs. Now, the flip side of that, I kind of feel like I could just host this episode by myself. I keep arguing with myself. <laughs> but but I'm going to say the flip side of that is if you keep firing coach after coach after coach saying a good coach can get it done right away, coaches aren't going to want to come. So you can't just say, well, this is what how it's going to be and this is what our expectations are right away. So I don't know. I don't have yeah. the answers. Well, I mean, well, let's not even recap the Northern Illinois game. That's fine because there's really <laughs> nothing to, to recap there. Let's talk about what do you feel like – I mean, okay, so what do you feel would be a successful end to this season? You're, as you sit, are you 4-4 four and four right now, right? Yeah. yeah. You're 4-4. Four and four. Yeah. You had a big win at Wisconsin. Wisconsin didn't – Appear, turn out to be a top 10 team like we thought, but still it's a Wisconsin at Wisconsin. Yeah. You had a blowout loss at home to Utah State, mm-hmm. then you lost to Washington, and now you lost to Northern Illinois. What? How do you finish the next four games to make you feel good about not only this season, but going into next year with, with Sataki at the head? You know, it, so we still have all three um, views on the table ahead of us. A win against either Boise State or Utah or both is for sure going to save this season. We'll look back on the season as a whole and be able to point to multiple good wins. So the door is not closed on this season. Let's not get way ahead of ourselves and knee-jerk reaction, just give up on the team right now. There's potential and there's possibility there. The same is true the reverse. If you don't beat New Mexico State and you don't beat UMass, it's time to clean house. You know, What's expected right now is you beat UMass, you beat New Mexico State, you lose to the other two, Boise State and Utah, you find yourself in a bowl game, and we'll see what happens. Depends on who they match BYU up with. And, you know, I think we'd all look at that and say, eh, could have been worse. 
you know. Way back preseason, 6-6, six and six, I said, hey, if we get there, we're moving in the right direction. That being said, it doesn't feel like it right now because of the way this 6-6 six and six has come about. This isn't the 6-6 six and six we expected. Yeah, supposing it does go to that point, which I expect it to. So it's harder to live through than it is to predict preseason and then to look at postseason and analyze. I, I'm i not sure. I think there's some tough decisions to be made. And, of course, the BYU fan base were, were notorious for overreacting both directions. We have a big win. Boom. All of a sudden, we're back. I think I've said multiple times this year, we're back. BYU is back. We're here. We're, we're, yeah. We've arrived again. <laughs> You know, so we overreact a little bit that way. Something like this, we overreact this direction. In fact, uh, my man Trevor Perkins, at T.S. Perkins on Twitter, he posted the BYU chart of despair or something like that where he, he plotted out graphically how emotional we were after every game. And, and to call this season a roller coaster is an understatement. It has been a wild ride. And it's, it's a wild ride that for the most part we haven't really enjoyed. It's been a dangerous and scary ride where, you know, like Wild Mouse at Lagoon, you keep banging your knees into the cart saying, I'm way too tall for this ride. This would have been fun when I was 14, but this sucks. I'm too big. I just want something smooth that I can get a good view that i can enjoy my life it, I, I don't want this ride, wild <laughs> ride anymore dude I, I i never expected it to turn into wild mouse smack that's incredible because i love wild mouse you love wild mouse i'm too big i'm still too big but i jam my butt in there and boom you're going along those edges maybe because my daughter freaks out so much it's so fun to go on it with her i don't know but, how, how tall but are you that, that's a really good analogy here though you're right it's <laughs> it's uncomfortable it's but it's you know it's at the end of the ride like okay yeah. well that was fun, I guess. <laughs> I, but I feel like it's it's definitely not cannibal. Being being six you know? two and and not only six two, I'm a long legged six two. I've I've got very long legs. I don't fit in those carts, and and my knees just take a punishing when I'm on it, and it just makes it any fun that could have been had is just overcome by the pain. And, and you're right, it's, it's herky-jerky. It's like sharp turns, whereas nobody's taking a sharp turn like, oh, man, that was awesome the way my neck just kind of whipped around. Like, <laughs> I, I just it's like the least fun ride there. I got you. Maybe, maybe it's nostalgic because, <laughs> I mean, that's the second iteration of Wild Mouse. You remember yeah. when we were growing up, there was a, another Wild Mouse, basically the same track. But I don't know. Maybe just weird. You know, the nostalgia gets me. Yeah, wild mouse. Could I love be. it. Anyway, um, no, but I, I definitely understand your point because you're right. It has been the ultimate roller coaster for you guys. You started out low because of the way last season ended mm-hmm. with no expectations. All of a sudden, you beat Arizona, and it's like, wait a minute, this Khalil Tate was supposed to be a Heisman contender, mm-hmm. right? Maybe we're pretty good. Then you follow up with a loss to Cal. It's like, well, I mean, they're they're Cal. Maybe they're better. They look pretty good. Then you go to Wisconsin, and holy crap, like. You never would have predicted that. Just you know, in in a number five house, yeah, feeling on top of the world. People meet the the team at the airport. You know, they're chanting Sataki's name, mm-hmm. going crazy, and then boom, down down goes the next you know the next hill where it's like you get blown out by Washington, and then Utah State takes your manhood, and then, and then you know <laughs> you're right. It's 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 got to be. Man, yeah, it's I, I feel I, I genuinely I mean this I genuinely feel for all my BYU friends because yeah. I have a lot of good BYU friends in my ward uh-huh. and my my some of my best friends in life. My dad was a BYU fan growing up. So I feel bad for them and you, of course. And then oh, thank you. But it's just <laughs> like I I couldn't imagine I don't know. Here's, so yeah, so anyway, so Here's my 1 minute like recap. Can... 1 minute recap of Northern Illinois because everybody is welcome to be whatever kind of fan they want. And at this point in this season, you know, people kind of half watch the game or 
turn it off at halftime. That's understandable, you know. Nobody's going to call you out for being a bad fan. Be whatever kind of fan you want. I in life, you know, there's there's a lot of priorities. Football, I don't even know if it's fifth. I don't know where it is for me. It's somewhere in the hierarchy of priorities. My little guy, my my baby Isaiah, he turned one on the day of the game, and we had festivities planned. You know, we had a hundred balloons in the room. We had this smash cake for him to throw in his face. We had this pile of presents for him to. He's he's a climber now. He hasn't quite started walking. He's taken steps, but he hasn't been walking yet. So we put two or three presents in the middle of the room, and he climbs, and he's just sitting on top of them like a goat. And so this was all going on while I was watching the game on my phone, and that's the perfect way to watch a game like that because I can't give you a very detailed analysis of this game because I have better things going on in my life that bring me real joy. So, um, you know, I just watched enough to be like, man, this sucks. <laughs> and, and then yeah. an hour later, hey, it still sucks. You know, I was watching the whole time, but just kind of half half yeah. there. Well, I, I, was, I didn't even – I landed. I flew back from Southern California, and I was landing, and I turned my phone on and saw the score, and I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I can't, you know, and then – Anyway, so okay, so how was recap. Southern California? Yes, sir. Let's get into this. Yes. It was amazing. All right, listen. In our last episode, that's lost forever. I said to you at the time, if Utah plays the way they've been playing the last three games at the time when I said this, uh-huh. they would not lose again until the Rose Bowl, and I meant the Rose Bowl January first. Yes. And after this last weekend, I still believe that because they are kicking the trash out of these teams. Yes, they're not great. UCLA's a bad team. Arizona was bad. But Stanford and USC were loaded with talent, regardless of how bad or good their records are. Yeah. And we we just, we just toyed with both those teams, too. So for the thing is different this year, and we've gone into November several times with a chance to win the division, uh-huh. but it's always been our defense dragging us into November Yeah, because our defense has always been great and holding it up. This year, we have not only a good defense, but as I've said many times, an elite top 10 defense yeah. coupled with now an offense that has an identity and crushes fools. Mm-hmm. Zach Moss is, and I, I threw this out on Twitter, is he our best running back of all time? Well, Right now, it, we'll see how the season plays out, but I feel like he's going to go down that way. He's only like 600 yards away from the all-time leading rushing record at Utah, mm. and he's only a junior. Yeah. So if he'd stayed till next year, he would annihilate it. Yeah. But yeah. He's, he's, go, he's going to NFL next year. I'm, I'm 99% sure on that, as, as he should. Mm. But he's just incredible. He runs with a reckless abandon like no one I've seen. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's been a few. Jamal Anderson ran that way. Fuamatu Ma'afala. But in the last 10 years... He's just I mean dude he lowers his head he's freaking made of steel and he just murders people. And so we've got an offense that does has their identity. We've got a defense that's incredible. We've got great special teams. So this year it just feels different. Yeah. We're going into November with a one game lead and you know what? We're not going to lose it. In fact, this is how confident I am, Benji, mm-hmm. that we are not going to lose the division this year. I booked flights to Santa Clara already. Nice. You know, yes, you know, to, them non-refundable too. So take that refundable crap and shove it. To go non-refundable <laughs> tickets. To go one further, you should. Did you also buy the game tickets already? No, they're not. I don't think they're. I oh, mean, they're I not they're, available. I'm just gonna buy them through through the U once they. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I was gonna say you should commit yourself and you should follow through. No matter if if Utah doesn't end up, you should force yourself to watch that as punishment. It would be terrible. Oh, if I had to go and watch freaking USC in that bowl in that <laughs> oh, that would be miserable. Game, it'd be terrible. Yeah, but it, it, well, it is. Uh, another guy on Twitter, Portland Ute, said this. He said this is setting up to be 
the most epic collapse of all time <laughs> for Utah football. It could be. And, and if it happens, he's right. I don't. If it happens, I don't he's see right. that happening. I'm gonna I'm gonna pile on the superlatives on Zach Moss. He's I. He's the best player in the state. He's the best football player in the state. I think it's safe to say he's the best running back Utah has ever had. I think he will be the first running back drafted. And what I really love about him is he reminds me so much of Austin Colley in that he's not afraid to give credit to God for his success. And we all love when athletes do that because we accept it because we see that that's a very natural thing to do. And we say, here's a guy who's humble. And every fan base, when an athlete does that, it doesn't matter who you cheer for. You say, hey, here's a guy who's humble and acknowledging that God plays a role. And and great, you know, good for Zach Moss. Yeah, agreed. Totally. Actually, one one small one, just one tiny, one tiny thing. You couldn't let it slide. (laughs) He does give credit to God, right? And it's great. And as a God fearing man myself, (laughs) I respect that. But what he hasn't said is that God has stepped in and made my team beat your team because I was living right off the field and you weren't. That's the difference. He said it in different words. No, he didn't have that message, man. He did not have that message, but I I, I agree. He's he's uh, with with your first superlative. <laughs> he is he is he's a beast, man. He's a beast, and one thing he has different this year that he didn't have last year. Mm-hmm. He seems to be faster this year than he did last year. Yeah, he's broken a, a, a ninety yard touchdown run. He had a sixty five yard run against US UCLA this last weekend, where he yeah. went up the sideline and outran a couple of their backers. He's got speed. He's got toughness. He's got. He's got a mentality where he wants to eat. You know what I'm saying? And he wants and so contact, just, too. I love watching him play because he does not shy away from contact. He seeks out the contact. You know, he's, he does. It's, just, it's, it's like it's he, he's a little he leaves, kid out there. He leaves dead bodies in his wake. And I, I think back last year he did it. He knocked Cam Smith at USC over like five times last year's game. Mm-hmm. But there was a game against, against Colorado last year where he had, I think, like three runs that were like 12-yard runs for touchdowns. Yeah. But he went up the middle and he would like lower his head and knock linebackers on their butt yeah. and like step over them into the end zone. Like, you can't stop me. You know, and he's, uh-huh. he's, he's a joy to watch. So, yeah, as long as we remain healthy and uh, – I think I don't think there's any team that can stop us. Couple that with the fact that, you know, the rest of the teams we play just aren't great. You yeah. know, I mean they're okay. Some are okay. Some are decent. But there's no great team that stands in our way. That's why I think our next, I, I, and I I think even with the rematch with Wazoo, I think we beat them again. Yeah. Because or beat them this time because we're, I think we're better than we were when we last played them. And so that's what I'm saying, man. If yeah. we play this way, like we've been playing these last four games, the next loss. Opportunity will be against Urban Meyer's Ohio State Buckeyes in the Rose Bowl, January one, baby. That would be that would be an intriguing rematch or not rematch matchup, Coach. It would be it'd be incredible. Whittingham and Meyer have never faced off head to head, have they? They have not. No, they actually faced off on the sidelines once. If you know that story, no, I don't know that story. Let's there were punches thrown, bro. What? Urban Meyer and Kyle Whittingham punches thrown. Yes. Okay. Story time. Not kidding. So it was against. Okay, this is going off my memory. This is now 15 years ago. Yeah. But it was Utah versus Oregon in 2003. Okay. Utah had the lead by I think four or five, and I'm sure there'll be some Twitter guy that listen to this and will correct me on all the stats. But yeah, that's all right. Utah had the lead by four points. I want to say five points. And we got the ball with three minutes left. Uh-huh. And Wit is super conservative, as you know. And the first play, Kyle, uh, the offense calls like a, a go route. 
Mm-hmm. And Alex Smith overthrows it out of bounds, so the clock stopped. Yeah. And Witt was furious that they weren't trying to run the clock down. Like, you could see the sideline where he's throwing up his hands like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Uh-huh. And uh, they had they had words, Urban Meyer and Kyle Whittingham. And the rumor is, it wasn't caught on camera, that a punch was thrown between those two, though. But we don't know which one threw it? Well, no, we don't. My guess would be Urban threw it because if Kyle threw it, Urban would be dead. <laughs> because you know? he's a BYU linebacker. I believe that. Uh, <laughs> the other thing that's a shame is Urban does not have the best memory these days. He forgets things a lot, especially things where he, he might look heart. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Bless, bless his heart, bless his heart that fails sometimes, too, because he has heart issues sometimes, too. So. <laughs> Man. He does, but dude wins though, man. He does. He I mean, wins. That, that, this, that's un- the unfortunate culture right now of college football. You freaking win at all costs. You yeah. win. You lie. You cheat. You steal. And then when they find out you cheated and steal, you lie about that and say you didn't do it. Yeah, you know, it's, it is a shame. It's something where I, I would like to think that even if he didn't have that whole "let's put our rivals" logo in the toilet mentality and all that, I, I still wouldn't like the guy. You know, he he. Uh, yeah, he's great, and you admire his abilities, but man, what a terrible, rotten human being! I, yeah, I take I, that. I mean, I can't, de- I can't defend him. I can't defend him. No, about his, about his. I mean, I've heard, we've heard stories. We've, I mean, you see what happened. Look at the Gators that have won all the national titles. Yeah, I mean, literally, they had dudes murdering people. Yeah, you know, I, they had bad people, and that's just unfortunately what what uh, the culture he he uh, created. Yeah, but you know what? People, they just want to win. They win. They don't care. That being said, you he's know? a person too. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta walk back. That I hate. I don't hate people. I just, you know, I, I expect more. I, I want better for him. I know there's more in life. Like when you're in the nurse, nursing home, and you look at your trophies, like the trophies aren't gonna make you happy. So, anyway. No. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. So, life reflections by Benji and Jake. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so back to uh, back to my Utes while I'm on this high. Right. Um, I just they're 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 a joy to watch, and I said this last week in our, our mystery cast that's lost. Mm-hmm. These four games that they've played is the best Utah football team I have ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Two thousand four, two thousand eight, nineteen ninety four doesn't matter the year. This is the best team I've seen because they are well rounded on every aspect, and yeah, and then you have you have X factors like the little you know Elder Covey who can just take a punt and turn it into 40 yards out of nothing because he's just so elusive and so quick and just a joy to watch. You know, there's just every aspect of this team from defense, offense, special teams, returns, whatever, man, they're fun. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're, uh, I hope they keep it going. So let me ask you this hypothetical, because this is what I love thinking. And well, I hate this is just what crosses my mind. We talked about way back early in the season or maybe even preseason when I talked about my issue with BYU joining a conference is I feel like BYU jumping into the Mountain West would fail to fix the real problems. And what I see is the real problem. The reason I'm bringing this up now, it's related to Utah, and it's related not just to Utah. There's a number of reasons that active LDS high-caliber athletes such as Britton Covey would choose to go to Utah or would choose to go to Virginia now or would choose to go to Stanford or would choose to even go to anywhere. You know, Oregon, there's a lot of other places that it's easier to travel to. The atmosphere in locker rooms is more tolerant of people with weird religious views than it used to be. You know, we've come a long way as a society. We're more accepting. There's so many different things that play into the fact that I feel like the glory days of BYU relied on high-caliber, active LDS athletes 
seeing BYU as their number one option. And it's no longer their number one option. And joining the Mountain West Conference would not make it the number one option. I feel like it still wouldn't be. So seeing the Utah football team as you see it right now, if we were to say BYU is like on the level of Alabama or something like that, you know, you can go play there, but most kids won't because of the honor code and things like that. How many Utah kids from this year's squad that is so elite would actually be BYU players? In other words, how much are you benefiting from BYU not being appealing right now? Well, that's, I mean, that's a tough question because I I speak with my biases, obviously, and I view with my biases. So acknowledging that before I answer, I think, I think someone like Covey and Chase Hansen would be at BYU. Okay. If BYU was a top shovel, top shelf program right now. If they right? were more appealing than Utah, and I'll admit, I yeah. I don't like Utah. I like BYU. Utah's more appealing as a recruit. Yeah. So if Covey and Hansen would probably be there. I mean, Hansen's dad played at BYU. Uh-huh. I mean, Covey grew up a BYU guy. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think maybe a guy like Mika Tafua would not have transferred to Utah from uh-huh. BYU. Those are three guys right there. But we'd still get – I mean, it depends on where Utah is. Is Utah still in the Pac-12 or is, is Utah now like just languishing somewhere? Middle-of-the-road Pac-12, you know, something – somehow just less appealing, you know, middle-of-the-road or bottom okay. tier. But I, I'm thinking Bradley okay. and I too, you know, he's got connections. His uncle's, you know, former coach at BYU and, and player at BYU. And, and so – I think there are a number I mean, of these. There's probably some, yes. There yeah. are some, definitely. You, I mean, there's still there's still people that Utah can get that no matter how glorious BYU is, they just won't go to BYU based on honor code, religion, right. things like that. Yeah. You know, a lot of our athletes wouldn't be at BYU regardless. Right. You know, a lot of the Zach, Zach Moss, Tyler Huntley, Damari yeah. Simpkins, those guys wouldn't be at BYU regardless. Not on their radar at how, all. Right. Right, yeah. So we'd still have a solid team as long as Witt's our coach. Um but yeah, there's. I mean, there's guys we're definitely pulling right now because we're we're in the Pac-12 and it, it is more appealing right now to play on that level, like like a Covey and Hanson. I mean, Hanson, dude, if you watch Chase Hanson, he is freaking incredible. He, yeah. I said this also, he's our best defender in my opinion since Eric Weddle uh, over a decade ago. Yeah, he's he's got speed, he's got power, he's got toughness, he's got smarts, mm-hmm. and he just makes play after play, and he's such a joy to watch. And he'll probably get robbed out of. Pac-12 player, defensive player of the year, because that's what they do. They rob Utah of crap like that. Yeah. But he, in my opinion, he's the best defensive player in the entire league. He's incredible. In, he's just awesome. In an alternate universe right now, he's already graced the cover of Sports Illustrated, just like Ty Detmer, dropping back, looking looking downfield. You know, He's got that pose where he's looking for his receivers. In an alternate universe, he's a Heisman contending quarterback for BYU. Well, that is a universe that's really far away then. <laughs> That is that you, that alternate universe he, is a long way away it's from not here. That far fetched. So just a couple things need to be different. BYU needs to be good. <laughs> BYU needs to be good enough that he chose to go there out of high school. But he was a phenomenal high school quarterback. I remember he was. This was early Twitter days, or maybe even pre Twitter days, back when his senior year, all of the universities had terrible quarterbacks, and so the the thought was thrown out there: Chase Hansen is the best quarterback in the state of Utah right now at any level, and you couldn't argue with that you'd look at that and be like yeah he probably is and so it's not that far-fetched that if he'd found his way to BYU he would have continued to play quarterback and they could have turned him into something you know not a linebacker and and, and I'm not that that being said I don't think Chase feels bad about his life right now I think he's got a great future in the NFL as a linebacker or safety or whatever he wants to end up being in the NFL but uh but I just yeah, that's that's what I see awesome. in this hypothetical where BYU is the BYU of old 
Oh man, that's that's. I'm sorry, you have to live in that that world, man. That's, <laughs> that's I feel bad for you. But back to Chase Hansen, though. Yeah, I did. I went to his the championship game that he played in for Lone Peak uh-huh. at uh, at Rice Eccles. I think they played Fremont High School. And dude, he looked like a man amongst boys. He was dropping forty yard touchdown passes in the corner, scrambling. He was awesome. I remember. Yeah. I remember saying to my friend that I went with, I was like, dude, he's gonna be a he's gonna be a superstar in college and I thought it'd be a quarterback right but it turns out he's just a superstar linebacker and he is he's a superstar but yeah yeah it's a the, the, here's the thing about sad about college is you get a player all of a sudden they're awesome and you only have them for a year or two to enjoy them right whereas like pros man we got Spida Mitchell for the jazz for at least the next six years where we yeah. can and, and maybe his whole career you know but he, in college it's like it's like they come and they go so fast which is, I guess, it's it's a blessing and a curse. But yeah, he's he's a fun fun player to watch. I was thinking the other day. I think both fan bases get annoyed when somebody spends a little bit of time at the rivals university, and then the local media continues to cover them if they're not a local product. So what I mean by that, like when I see local media saying, "Let's check in on Andrew Bogut," I'm, I look at that. And I'm like, the dude's from Australia. Like he barely he has a little bit of a connection here, but not a big connection here. But then it dawned on me. I'm like, I'm sure people feel the same way about Jimmer from New York. You know, he's not a Utah kid. He's he's from New York, spent some time, changed the program, had Jimmer mania sprout up around him. But then Utah fans really don't want to hear about Jimmer from Utah media anymore because he was temporarily there. Yeah, yeah, I could go, oh, man. And the thing about that that makes it even harder in the Jimmer aspect, and granted, he was amazing to watch when he was here. Mm. He's the only BYU player in my life. I stood up and applauded. I gave him a standing ovation yeah. at the Huntsman Center when he almost scored 50. Like uh-huh. He was incredible. Yeah. But dude, we have you players in the NBA making a huge impact. Kyle Kuzma, for example, right. scoring 37 points uh, for a Michigan the, kid. The, the most the most storied program uh, program in the in the NBA, the Lakers, yeah. and he gets no mention. But then, like, oh my gosh, let's look at these highlights of Jimmer dropping thirty <laughs> in China on these six foot two dead people. Yeah, you know, like it, it's just it's just part of the problem with that whole situation is is we feel like he gets so freaking much run. He does when when he's just living off his Jimmer mania still. When we have guys that could be getting run but aren't, and I don't know. But you're right. It's I, I it's, feel like our, our our rivalry's got an interesting dichotomy. It doesn't sure it? does. It's a, it's a funny thing. I feel like so much of that is driven by the casual sports fan too. You know, somebody who's just kind of like, yeah, I like lots of things. I'll watch basketball if it's on, whatever. And they don't really follow very closely because the the news people they know that you throw Jimmer's smiling face. I mean, he's adorable. You you put him on the screen, people are gonna be like, oh, I remember him, and it, it works. You know, so it's, I yeah, think it's the yeah. casual fans that sort of drive that, at least drive the motivation for the media to do things like that. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. And I see it on both sides. I mean, I see Alex Smith has been a 15-year starter in the NFL, mm-hmm. three-time Pro Bowler, and, he, and there's still BYU fans that rip on him and say he's overrated and he sucks and <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, I mean, granted, he wasn't. he's not a Hall of Famer, but dude's been starting for an NFL team for a decade and a half now. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a great player and i don't know it's you remember fun. so this anyway. is i i one time we talked about we had this twitter conversation years ago i went through this thought exercise where i said all right if we're going to do the ultimate one-upsmanship about the best program it's like we're gonna we're gonna say okay let's talk about what's the best sport well football is king okay and then let's talk about what's the crowning achievement you can have and it would be like super bowl mvp or season mvp or super bowl championships and, and this and that and i thought you know until you talk can put someone out there that's better than Steve Young, BYU still wins. Like eventually you'll say, but what about this? But what about that? But what about this? But what about that? And it will always come back to Steve Young. 
Okay. Well, you enjoy Steve Young from 20 <laughs> years ago. I'll enjoy being ranked in the top 15 in the playoff rankings tonight. So I guess we have different things we could focus on, maybe. <laughs> Uh, maybe that wasn't just, a good thought just exercise. Just, just, just jokes. Just My jokes. life is All really right, hard right now. I, I know, buddy. I just want to give you a virtual hug. Life a is thousand mile away virtual hug. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. No, life is okay, good. Okay, so life this week. Good. Football isn't that yes, important. Life is good. Football is pointless. Nope. Here's the thing. Knee jerk, I mentioned the knee-jerk reactions. If So a lot of there's been chatter about, like, well, look at BYU and where they are right now. What if the program just goes away? What if the church decides to cancel it? Which isn't that far-fetched when you consider the church's decisions on a lot of other things the last few years. That being said, I'm going to point out the reality check here is that we're committed to so many major games that have major payouts, like buyouts. If the team goes away, we're going to pay a lot of programs a lot of money for standing them up. You can't just go away. I I, I don't see that happening. However, if they do just go away, uh, I've decided, you know, I'll I'll still continue to casually watch Utah and not really be a fan or a a hater or either. I'm just not going to be as into college football anymore. I was. I'm still. I'm still losing a ton of weight. I'm still working my butt off to try to win this, or not win. To try to not look like an idiot wearing a Utah shirt on the rivalry game, and I discovered. So when when you work out and you have music going, you work out a little bit better and a little bit harder. And and I found this program called This Was Tomorrow, all about Tomorrowland, and this this dance festival that they have, and they put it in Brazil last year. And I'm like, you know, that's if BYU football goes away, that's my new thing. I'm going to go to electronic dance festivals and just have a great time because you can't lose. We talked about that when I talked about raves. You don't lose a rave. Yeah, yeah. Hey, if BYU football (laughs) goes away, I've thought about this too. I've thought about this too because I look at like Ohio State, okay? They own Columbus. That's the only show. Granted, they have like a hockey team, but Buckeye football is Columbus. Right. And they have 100,000 people strong every single week at their games. Yeah. Salt Lake City is comparable in size to Columbus, Ohio, right? Okay. So the problem is you have two major football teams here, Utah and BYU. Yeah. Whereas if BYU went away, granted, for the first decade or so, you'd have a lot of people that were be hurt by it and wouldn't yeah. have a team. But then the rising generation, they'd all become Utah fans. We could create a regional power here if BYU went away. We could have a 100,000-seat stadium. We could be the power in the Rocky Mountains, maybe come into it, you know, become a, a national Ohio State-like fa- fan base with all these people to, to pull from because college football is king. We don't have an NFL team. We have the Jazz, granted, but those don't really compete football and, and, and NBA basketball, right? So yeah. we could create a Rocky Mountain power of, of a huge <laughs> fan base, huge stadium if BYU went away. So let's join together. Should we make it happen? I'll call Russ. I'll call Russ. Say, Russ, you've been chopping a lot of things. Just put BYU football on that chopping block and let's go. Rocky Mountain Power could be the sponsor. <laughs> they could. They are our spo- They Coincidentally, they are our sponsor of this week's podcast, Rocky Mountain Power. I w- it would go a long way, and you could even convince me to get on board, if, if in the wake of such a devastating event, if – uh, Harlan, the Utah new athletic director, said, "You know, our heart goes out to these now. This it's this diaspora, this this people without a home, these fans of college football who find themselves teamless. We want to take them in. We want to welcome them with open arms. We're going to put an oval wide patch on the on the uniform permanently forever. You know, a little gesture <laughs> of of your welcome here, something like that." I'd consider. I'd consider being a Utah fan. They did something like that. Wow. It'll never happen. They're not going to do it. You never know. You never know. Anyway, okay, so let's see. This week, let's wrap this up. People are probably bored with our, our <laughs> yes. meandering. Last week's episode was way better. Far. 
<laughs> it was. It's it's hard to try and match greatness that's just gone. It but is. You know what? We have these episodes up and down. This 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 is okay. Yeah. So this week, BYU, you're playing Boise, Boise right? State, 14 point underdog. And and that's the thing. It's not going to shock me either way. It's not going to shock me if BYU beats Boise State by 14 points. And it's not going to shock me if they score three or less points and Boise State gets in the 50s. You know, I I cannot predict this team. And and that's what kills me is so so often Kalani after the game will say, well, we had good practices this week. And he attributes so much of it to how well they prepared and how well they didn't prepare. And you hear him say that and you say, well, Let's just practice really well every practice, you know. And of course, yeah. the coach can't just be like, "All right, guys, we're practicing well today." You know, it's it's up to the team to put in the effort. If they do, if they've had Boise State circled, which they have, they've said this is a rivalry game. This is one of our three, and they've been preparing for it mentally, physically. They're ready for the game. They can win it, and it, and it wouldn't shock me. And I hope they do. Uh, I'm not expecting it. I'm I'm expecting them to be still reeling after the devastating loss to Northern Illinois. I'm expecting them to lay an egg again, and I don't think it'll be close. I think it's going to be four scores, you know, four, and seven years ago. Wow, really? So like 35-7? Uh, yeah. I don't think that's unreasonable. Wow. I think it'll be something like that. Well, I hope for your sanity and – for some of my dear friends, that that's not the case. If if it's not the case, I will I will open next week's show by screaming to the heavens, BYU is back because they will be back again. <laughs> yes, we'll see how many times we can get that going this season. That's incredible. Okay, well, Utah. Who do we have up on on uh, Utah's schedule next week? Utah's got Arizona State. Okay, and at at Arizona State, Utah's favored by a touchdown. Um, and, and like I said, I go back to. It. It feels different. We we have a running game that tra- I mean, running games travel, man. You can just yeah. run on people. We have a running game and we have a top ten defense. Uh-huh. So I feel like we'll keep it rolling. I feel like we'll win thirty eight to seventeen, something like that. Twenty points, right? Okay, twenty point ish. Um, however, Arizona State's kind of been one of our bugaboos in the past. Yeah, uh, we started out, but but that was mostly to Todd Graham. We start out. We lose to Arizona State. Even last year, we got blown out by Arizona State. They're one of the teams that kind of we just kind of struggle with. I don't know if it's because they're the way they spread it out and their athletes. Um, but you know, they got a new coach this year in Herm Edwards, so I don't mm-hmm. know how they'll match up with them. Uh, they have one thing's for sure, dude. They have talent. They have an NFL wide receiver, Nikhil Harry, uh-huh. who Coach Witt compared to Calvin Johnson, and he is. He's big. Yeah. He's strong. He's fast. He was actually. I believe the number one receiver recruit in the country, five-star guy that had offers from Alabama, USC, Georgia, et cetera, and he chose Arizona State because nice. it was his local school. Uh-huh. And he's lived up to the billing, man. He's he's big, he's fast, he's strong. He has it all. So they have a stud receiver. They have a really good running back named Eno Benjamin who's had a, over a 300-yard game this year, I believe. Uh-huh. And he's he's kind of like Zach Moss-esque where he's kind of a, a, a bruiser a little bit. Yeah. Um, and they have a, a really – a good quarterback an above average quarterback in Manny Wilkins so they have they have playmakers they're at home you never know what could happen but I feel like as long as we don't turn the ball over a ton we'll win comfortably and then which could set up for if if things break our way like they did this last weekend that could set up for the game against Oregon being able to clinch the division at home with with one division game left yeah so it could set up for hugely but I think you're gonna win win big um and uh, we'll keep it rolling. The Arizona State, if I'm not mistaken, they either have a really good win or it was a close loss against a really good team. They they've shown that they're capable, right? 
Yeah, they beat Michigan State when Michigan State was ranked. Okay. And, and Arizona State got ranked for a little while. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Michigan State's not as good as, as people thought. Um, in the, but still, they were their Big tw- Big Ten team that was ranked at the time, so they got that win. Uh-huh. And then they just beat USC last week at USC. Okay. And USC hasn't lost at home under Clay Hilton. So Yeah. Uh, but USC was down their third string quarterback, so that's kind of fool's gold a little bit. Yeah. But uh, but uh, it helped us out quite a bit because we needed a USC loss right, to give us some breathing right. room. But yeah, they've they've got talent. There's no no doubt about that. They got talent, so it's not. It, it may not be something where we just dominate the entire game like we have these last game. It may be like a one score game going to the fourth and then we pull away. Yeah. But I, I still feel we win semi comfortably. All right. Well, tune in next week, and uh, if you don't watch the games, you'll be, have to tune in next week to find out how each of our teams did. And, and if there's anyone yeah. out there that's like that, I would love to hear from you. If anybody follows. BYU and Utah's <laughs> football teams through this podcast only. We we want to hear from you. You are our best friend. Yes. You are our hero. Yeah. Um, uh, give a shout out to our sponsor this week, Chemo Mac Mo Betta Steaks. I talked about him last week. He sponsored last week, but the the episode disappeared. Yeah. He's uh, he serves with me in my ward. He's a good friend. He follows this podcast religiously. We talk about it every Sunday morning. So Mo Betta Steaks is sponsoring. This podcast episode, my man brought a chemo Mac I, on the on the house. So. I love. I really miss Mobetta Steaks. I used to work in Bountiful, as you know, and uh, that was one of my favorite places to go get lunch. It was great. I, we don't have anything is, like dude, that around here. I miss it. And he's he's living the dream, dude. Real quick, his story. He was a bus driver in Hawaii, sold his house, moved to Utah. And just started this restaurant, and nice. then boom! Now he's got eight of them, and they're popping up all over the place. He's doing really well. Rides his Harley all all day long. That's what he does. Yeah, um, but he's he's doing well. So hey, he's got he's got a good story. Now that I know he's listening, have you ever considered North Pole, Alaska, for like a satellite location? Because I'd I'd be totally <laughs> I'd be fine with. That. I think that'd be a great business idea. Just just put one up yeah. here. Yeah, I'll, I'll well, I'll talk to him about it on Sunday. See All right. what his thoughts are. See Sounds if he see if he agrees. But anyway, we will we will uh, talk to y'all next week. Go Utes! Thanks for listening. Go Cougars!